1: Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean, and it is an exciting day. Because today, Chris and Travis, aka the Watching the Throne duo, aka the first and foremost Kanye experts in the world are go down a dark, <laughs> new, possibly dangerous path, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. You make it sound uh so scary. <laughs> scary. I'm just trying to, you know, like, uh pump some some fun, some a sense of thrill into this season as we <laughs> as we embark on
0: our new mission. Ah, uh, yes. nothing as thrilling and bringing a sense of danger and like like <laughs> edge of your seatness as like lyrical scholarship. Oh uh, gosh, can I don't think people are ready for this. No, this is uh only the second time in watching the Throne history that this has happened. Mm hmm. What the the first time of what Chris is uh, referring to
1: and and again, Chris, I just want to say that you're pumping in addition to the adjectives I used earlier, you're pumping a bit of mystery into what's going on right now because people don't really know what you're talking about. And they're just like, man, where are these guys going with this? All right. Listen up. We started this show. What? Six years. Oh, my God. Was it six years ago?
0: No, five. 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 Oh. Just Thank a mere five.
1: Yeah, that's not that long. OK. Um, but back then, there weren't like a ton of pod- I mean podcasting was a thing but what we did wasn't really a thing yet like going song by song through a an artist discography now it's much more of a thing there's like a Bruce Springsteen one there's a Taylor Swift there's like three Taylor Swift ones I think
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> but back then you know it was it was kind of a new thing to do and the idea was basically to go through every single Kanye album song by song and we started with the college dropout um, there was only one problem with that. And
0: what was it, Chris? Oh, those, uh, what, first episodes we recorded by me opening GarageBand <laughs> and hitting record while your Skype audio came through the speakers? Uh, that was one of the problems for sure. Oh, yeah, there were a ton, a ton more. Like, our first episodes <laughs> were, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. We weren't even eclipsing an hour. It's ridiculous,
1: but... Um, but I personally, I think the, the biggest thing was, was we didn't truly understand the artistry of Kanye. And I would say to this day, we still don't. There's so much packed into a Kanye album and there, there's so much to, you know, dissect and maneuver around that we just flat out didn't do a very good job dissecting the college dropout.
0: Yeah. And I think that was the thing, like we had our understanding of what Yeezus was. And when we started the podcast, the main goal was just to kind of analyze how Kanye had developed over time to get to the point of Yeezus and making this narrative album. Mm-hmm. Like we had it realized that the college dropout has a narrative, that graduation has a narrative, that my beautiful Dark Twisted <laughs> Fantasy. There were things that we would quickly discover heading into 2016 and 2017 and all of that as we started going more deeply line by line into everything but yeah we were still we were still so ignorant (laughs) and you know what i it's
1: just part of the game i guess because there's so many different perspectives in the kanye and and the one we brought from the beginning was you know chris and i we're narrative experts like we wrote about movies our whole lives. Chris is a is a writer, you know, he's written a couple of novels. Like I've always like delved really deep into the movies and the narrative mechanics of a movie, structure, theme, like that has always been our bag. And we saw Kanye doing that. So that's what we mostly concentrated on with Kanye the first time through. But as we've interacted more and more with the Kanye community, as we've come more to, to the world, you start to realize all the different topics that a Kanye West album covers and we can never truly understand everything Kanye is talking about his albums and all we can do is try to empathize relate and understand it and and it's really helped becoming part of the hip-hop community the Kanye fan community and over the years we've just learned more and more and because of all that we went into college dropout with this brand new perspective we realized what the narrative is we were able to we were able to better relate to the themes and topics being discussed. And because of that, at the end, we came out
0: with a much better understanding of it and, I will say, a better season on The Countless Dropout. Uh, yeah, from both like the actual work of the analysis to even just the, the production elements, right? Yeah, like sure. we, <laughs> our equipment leveled up, like our structure of the seasons leveled up or of the episodes leveled up. Your editing skills have gone to whole new all-star levels so it's Uh, it's exciting to be able to return to late registration because i think that was the thing as we were going through each of the albums we were going all first songs all second songs all third songs which Mm -hmm. was cool because it allowed us to discuss multiple albums rather than waiting like three years to get to (laughs) (laughs) like yeezus but at the same time it meant that all of those early episodes had the same Uh, sound quality issues and then once we improved our quality they still have the same editing issues for lack of editing and then the same like lack of the whole when it came to Kanye's discography so being able to tackle the college dropout again the way that we did in what was it 2018 2019 Mm -hmm. like was fantastic and doing the same thing now with late registration I think is going to be very fruitful
1: yeah, and we plan to do it with all the albums, but we are starting with late registration, which I think is going to be. I'm excited to go down this path, but I'm also like pretty intimidated because of all the Kanye albums that we are now going to go over. Late registration is probably the only one I have yet to like crack in quotes. Um, a in terms of like its narrative, because I'm not positive it has a traditional narrative like we come to see in a lot of Kanye albums like I think graduation is like kind of a straightforward narrative and in some ways I I think that's gonna be easy that's a stupid thing to say because it won't be easy and we'll learn all new kinds of new things I'm sure but like I'm less intimidated by graduation um than I am by late registration which we'll go over today what we think it's about and what we think the album's doing but uh for the most part um I don't know I I, I am kind of uh I have no idea where this season is going to go, and I'm excited to go
0: down this path with you, Chris, holding your hand the whole time. <laughs> of course, like fingers interlocked, or just like pups, or palms that's, cupped. I think we know we've known each other long enough for our fingers are interlocked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Every time I hear the word like interlocked, I think of interlinked, and I think of Blade Runner 2049. Okay, and just that crazy scene with Ryan Gosling where he's just like interlinked. Interlinked. most Interlinked. things remind you of Blade Runner,
1: though. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot, too. Or
1: Nights Tale or Fight Club.
0: Yeah, it, can Blade Runner be a defining personality trait? I would have said no until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe Chris? He describe likes him? Blade Runner. Just the two words, Blade Runner. <laughs> Like he is a Blade Runner. He <laughs> likes Blade Runner. What's that mean? He's a replicant. I know he's a replicant. <laughs> my I, I say nothing, but my eyes shine a little shade of red. <laughs> but <laughs> on top of the on top of
1: the narrative stuff to registration, I I think the other thing I'm I'm kind of most intimidated by is. Chris and I have already started discussing some of the songs, and we talked about heard him say and touch this guy. We're really realizing just like kind of the meat of the album. Um Just philosophically like the societal issues it's dealing with and I, and I feel like this album is really packed with a lot of political societal commentary
0: that we really did not get the first time around no not at all like our heard him say discussion like laughable yeah and I think touch the sky was also pretty pathetic so <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really nice I feel like gold digger was the first one on late registration that we kind of like dug into mm-hmm. a little bit more at that point, we had gone through, like, the first two songs in every track and or on yeah. every album and coming to Gold Digger. I think we had found our footing a little better, but eh, still, eh. And you talked about the narrative of this album, or does it not have one at all? And I feel exactly what you're saying there, because it's one of those things where, like, generally speaking, having gone through all the albums before how we did, it was very... Like, not easy, but like the graduation narrative was something that became like pretty clear to us, like a few songs in, at least by the time of like I Wonder. We were like, oh, there's a narrative here. Okay, let's go. Uh, same kind of thing with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, The Life of Pablo. It was pretty easy for us to see the chiastic structure on Ye and Kids See Ghosts and Jesus mm-hmm. is King and make sense of all of that the only two that we've never been able to like pinpoint a narrative and because of not having that like backbone in order to kind of like put everything against late registration 808s are a little bit more intimidating in that way because you know that there's maybe more going on than what you're finding and it just leaves you a little like, all right, so how much more is there going on? Yeah. And, it are like, are we taking not are we taking the right approach, but it just is a different approach than on graduation, knowing that, okay, it's a loss of innocence story. So this is him showing his innocence. This is the relationship. This is him losing it. This is the onset of ego. All of that is just feels very structured. We're having the lack of structure. You're kind of like, all right, so what are we doing this time? Hmm. Yeah. And I. I. But as much as
1: I'm intimidated by that element of late registration, like I'm also really excited by it because over the years, I'm just going to relate it all back to movies because, again, that's really where our expertise is, um, just generally storytelling, but for me specifically it's movies. And over the years like I've come to really appreciate filmmakers who as their careers go along like uh, toy with storytelling and find new ways of doing it. And, I mean, that's why we've always loved Kanye is that he is kind of outside of most artists because he does a pretty traditional narrative on his albums. That's not something you typically find in music. And because he replicates what's in movies, like it's kind of, to us, it's it's a bit revolutionary to see him doing this time in and time out. But on late registration, he did something very different from The College Dropout, which to me is a, a really rudimentary outline of traditional storytelling, A, B, C you know the character is presented with a hardship the middle part is him trying to overcome it but like you know there are flaws in the way he lives and there are things like inhibiting him from reaching his end goal and then he finally reaches the end goal like it's pretty simple late registration like you don't immediately see that Uh, in terms of the way it's laid out in a college dropout where like it's you know the a b c thing late registration it feels more like a b a c d a, like it, it it jumps around and moves between different time periods and that doesn't mean it can't have the same catharsis and arc that college dropout has it just does it in a much different way and because of that like i'm really excited to delve into that because i love when movies do that and to me kanye you know he's such a visionary such a visual storyteller in a lot of ways that i, I think we're gonna find it i just don't know how we're gonna find it or like in what form <laughs> it's gonna come out in
0: yeah there was something i don't remember at what part of the album we realized it was it gold digger was it drive slow like i feel like it was pretty early on going through late registration the first time we started to pinpoint the fact that a lot of the songs were focused on this tension between past and present and future and present and just this notion that Kanye, having reached this point of fame, is adjusting to what it means and what it is. And the highs of it, the lows of it, the pitfalls of it, which is something that like Gold Digger really gets into as well. It's something that I heard him say, starts repeating. Like, very early on in that, nothing's ever promised tomorrow, today. Just having those time frames like, right there Uh, that tension I think that's something that we picked up as part of the album and just seeing consistently explored through the album but then coming back to it yeah there's that question of is there more to it and what will we find and there might not be which is perfectly fine too because as you said there can still be catharsis it's just like I'm nearly positive 808 doesn't have any kind of narrative structure it's just a series of vignettes a series of situations showing kind of the various heartbreak in Kanye's life or the sad things that he's dealing with but the last two songs ramp it up right and Mm -hmm. really take you to this like emotionally like breaking point of that so while everything else was already sad you get that escalation and i think there's something very similar here like you don't need to have that narrative to have the concept be explored and then have kind of a, a climactic finale.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's going to be. I, and again, I, I don't want to go too deep into the songs right now because this is more of an overview episode where we're just kind of talking about our theories and we're hypothesizing what we think the album's doing. But I think just on a surface level, looking at like, the first and last song is always a good way to go. And I look at heard him say, and it's such like a downer, pessimistic song about Kanye's place in America. And really, the you know, the African-American experience and how nothing ever's promised tomorrow today. Like you're not promised anything, you have to build your own life. And the whole time you're doing it, like the world is going to be actively working against you. Um, to end with gone, which is Kanye kind of like rejecting fame in a way and like deciding to paint his own path. Like you can see those two pieces and you can, and you can theorize like how you get from point A to point B, but I don't think it's going to be in that sort of linear way again, like Strap out did. I, I think like you said, kind of like Eight Hundred Eight did, like it's, it's going to be a lot of vignettes and it's going to be a lot of these looks at how people, how I think specifically a black man builds himself up, in America, especially a black man who's trying to become a world- worldwide celebrity. And then that whole time, all of the roadblocks in his way and all the people trying to tear him down. I really think that that kind of blown up journey he's on because he is a massive celebrity, I think a lot of people relate to that. And that's why a lot of people love Late Registration. I know it's Chance the Rapper's favorite album. And The more I listen to it and the more I kind of delve into it, like I see those patterns and I can see why someone would be so inspired by this and relate so heavily to something like that.
0: Yeah, there's something, because we've talked before about the, everybody's talked before about the similarities in soundscape between the college dropout and late Mm -hmm. registration, right? And that production-wise, late registration feels, I don't know if more complete is the right way to phrase it, but just it builds on what the college dropout was doing and maybe is a a little bit like sonically richer but i would say one of the big knocks in comparison between these two albums is the fact that the middle portion of the college dropout that second act is representative of kanye starting to make moves in the music industry and trying to appeal to people so Get Em High, Slow Jams, New Workout Plan, Breathe In, Breathe Out are all songs where he is trying to com- like make music for other people rather than making music for himself or making music to be popular, right? Like he mm-hmm. wants to get people's hands in the air. He wants to sell them something so he's popular. He wants to make slow jams because that's what the girls want to dance to until it's not what they want to dance to. Mm-hmm. like Then more of that bullshit ice rap. And I think that there's something with even as enjoyable as some of those songs are individually, like Slow Jams, right? Like mm-hmm. Kanye song. There's still like a satire and irony and a purposeful like stepping back from the music he wants to make that I think causes like a little bit of a, a dip in the middle of the album where mm-hmm. something like Late Registration, if it's not having that same narrative or even not having that same dip story wise you're able to have maybe a, a bit more of a impactful journey start to finish sonically because you don't have any of these songs that are just purely ironic or satirical or looking at Kanye like struggling in that same way
1: Yeah, that's one part of this uh, journey I'm really looking forward to, because I I do agree that college dropout administration, like have a lot of similarities sonically, just like on the surface. But I agree with you that it it feels like a more complete sonic like Kanye, the college dropout is that typical freshman debut album where Kanye's been working on so many of these songs like his entire life. And this first album is meant to just kind of showcase your abilities and all this great music you've put up over the year, over the years. And typically that leads to something what people call the sophomore slump, which is like, you've kind of burned yourself out. You've used all your good songs and then you usually have like a year to write a new album and get it out. And it's usually subpar. That's typically the view anyway. Flight registration, like, it almost feels the opposite. Like, I know there are some holdover songs from his early days that made it on to late registration, like Gold Digger. But I don't know. There's something so much more confident about the production on this album. And um, going beyond, like, the use of samples, we've always argued that Kanye's use of samples like every song he samples has to do with the thematic journey going on and what he's discussing and that continues here but i mean just from the two songs we've evaluated like it it feels deeper and more rich and like kanye got a lot more confident in himself as a producer as a storyteller and kind of stretched beyond like the traditional storytelling he did in college dropout and started crafting something a lot closer i think to like what we see today, a lot of the way he streams together these samples and these really elaborate, complex statements he's making on each song.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the prep that we've done for just heard him say and touch the sky, there was, I don't know, just an impressive density to those Mm -hmm. songs and just a a pointedness and a purposefulness to the samples to just the lyrical content that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It don't go like overlooking these. No. It, and it's cool because
1: the, again, the college dropout there, there's a, sp- a story there, but when you, when you really look at the whole of the story, it's kind of just Kanye's story. Like you can follow the beats from a to B to C at last call is literally Connie, just retelling the whole album, which is just his life story. Like it's like a biopic and <laughs> It's, it's, it, and you get like why, like someone who made their first album and is just using all the songs they've been making their whole lives, like, yeah, and naturally this album just became a telling of his life and how he became who he was. Late registration is different in that way, in that it's kind of exploring something very specific, exploring a lot of those political and societal issues. But I, but I think probably one of the more interesting things, especially knowing Kanye today, is his struggle to find fulfillment as a celebrity and realizing all the the emptiness and just like bullshit that comes of being a celebrity and I don't know it ends up just not being as fulfilling as he thought it would be.
0: Yeah, I think if you step back to Kanye's like whole discography, that's the thing that stands out is the struggle with fame. Right, it it's been mm-hmm. consistently the issue that he's dealt with up until what like jesus is king Mm -hmm. even jesus is king in some ways but it feels kind of like the most uh, outside of that conversation right but i usually don't associate it until like graduation where like he graduates into that fame and that ego this is such a cautionary album though when Mm -hmm. you look at so many of the songs and what they're talking about from like gold digger to crack music to drive slow and uh no gone gone's like a huge one too like diamonds from sierra leone like you talk about the sophomore slump and that's the thing like kanye had all that time to tell his story up to the 2004 release of the college dropout and then what do you start talking about he had just about like a year and a half between the album release dates Mm -hmm. and you can see he's really looking at like okay now that I'm famous what am I seeing and I'm seeing a lot of shit that like concerns me (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah and then but that's like the
1: most interesting part of Kanye is he never is elevated as he feels and just like it's as insane as his life seems his journey that he's exploring, this journey he's exploring with fame, which is something not very many people can relate to, it just seems always to tie in with like the human experience and what a lot of people are going through, and specifically the African American community. And again, like you know, as Chris and I try to become more evolved human beings and interact with more people and be. You know and, and listen more and try to understand these albums more like you really start to see it like you understand why people connect with old kanye so hard and why they would um recoil from like new kanye because it doesn't seemingly you know what he's discussing now doesn't relate to it anymore but i mean to me like it always kind of does Like he's always looking at his place in the world and trying to relate it to people who aren't as lucky as him who aren't at the same level as him and i mean late registration i i guess just on the surface looking at the songs and thinking about them before we go into the line by line dissection like i feel like late registration might do that more than any other album
0: yeah there's there's a a lot going on because i mean we talk about each kanye album is the journey between albums right so A lot of the content here is things that happen after the college dropout releases and just the feelings Kanye's having, the experiences that he's having. Graduation then does the same thing. Like he's not just going back to the same stuff that he used to. He might reference it at points, but he's like progressing in his journey. So there's more of a distance from Chicago, like literally on the album. There's talks about like the growing distance from Chicago. And then Mm -hmm. the same thing with 808s, the same thing with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Album after album, Kanye's getting more into exploring the superstardom and the fame and all of that entails at the level that he's at that's each time more distant than where he was on College Dropout and Late Registration. And having made College Dropout, it seemed like he was able to refine a lot of the statements that he wanted to make and have even a a deeper perspective on them from just the success of the college dropout and the sharpness of that juxtaposition between where he just was five years ago Mm -hmm. and where he is now and kind of how shocking that still was Mm -hmm. before, you know, he becomes used to it. And so stops talking about the more everyday experiences that he had had that everybody else can really relate to but he's still like i would say that there's still a lot that we're seeing even in like the initial uh overview that we were doing for heard him saying touch the sky or like prep they we were doing for that that relates to where Kanye is at now and still some of the things that he said they're like oh totally topics that he's continued talking about it's just a difference in how he's talking about them because of the changes in his life. Totally.
1: I mean, as much as Kanye was pretty popular when college dropout released, it's still like the last call, you know, the last call, last call is still Kanye. Like he isn't quite super popular yet. He, he wrote that song before the college dropout even released before everyone started praising it. He just kind of predicted that he would become world famous, which he did. Uh, good job, Kanye. But this later registration, like he really is like uber famous. Like everyone knows him, and college dropout, you know, won Grammys and shit. Like this guy is just primed for stardom and you can hear it in his music. Like when you're that famous, heard him say it's different touch the sky hits different. Like he really is touching the sky and the way he's relating and heard him saying, touch the sky. I mean, just from our initial observations, like it's kind of crazy. The level Connie was on with this kind of storytelling. It. You, I feel like you, we've unpacked so much from just two songs and it's kind of scary. Wh- whatever we're going to uncover moving forward.
0: Yeah. Are we going to discover something from gold digger? That's groundbreaking.
1: <laughs> I'm excited about gold digger. Cause like, as you said, that was the first song where we like unlocked a a piece of Kanye's storytelling. And I, I do think he started to do really interesting things like he did on gold digger more often. And, you know, so from storytelling to like really pushing himself as a producer, I think like addiction and crack music are like new territory for him sonically, like there's just so much on this album that is so different from the college dropout and, and a clear, sign that Kanye was really pushing himself artistically like that early
0: yeah like he was he was going for it and it's still so visually rich as an album right I I, that's the thing that people talk about like oh Kanye's used writers or Kanye has people that help him blah, blah blah but even going back to like the earliest albums and we have gone through Kanye lines like so much I think if there was really like maybe it's uh like about to hoist myself on my own petard kind of thing but (laughs) the idea that we're still seeing like a coherence or a consistency between voice and style and the techniques that he uses from just the narrative building to the imagery driven lyrics It really stands out on this album, but I think that's the thing. It continues until all the future albums, which even though people will sometimes debate like, oh, is Kanye writing like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's clearly like talented and has these skills that he's showing off in later albums, even here early on. And that's one of the reasons that has made his work, I think, so strong is just how visually and narratively rich it is where you listen to a song like roses and it's so story-driven you Mm -hmm. listen to drive slow and you're brought right back into his childhood in Chicago like hey mama you're kneeling on the floor with them like (laughs) I don't know man yeah oh man hey mama are we ready for that (laughs) I think so I mean that was one that is more recent for us going through, so I think we'll be I think we'll be good. I mean emotionally. Never. <laughs> I've never cried on air, but I might that day. Have I cried on air? <laughs> I'm sure that I have. Well yeah, you really get emotional about a night's tale whenever you talk about it. <laughs> Yo, but I do. Like when the when the blind dad like looks up and he's like, Ulrich, I hear that name <laughs> chanted for the stadium. And then Heath Ledger's like you know I like did this and did this and then the dad realizes that it is his son and I'm starting to cry now and he's like and did he follow his footsteps and reaches out his hand and then they hug and yeah. ah you know what I don't even need to
1: watch the movie again if you could just describe it to me that'd be great yeah who's the guy with the piercing eyes yeah what's that guy's name I just know he's in I just know what movies he's in but I can never remember his name what movies are he in? Well, I know what he's in... What movies in. are in? What movie are he in? <laughs> I, I just know he's in pre J Tim, which is a movie nobody knows. Um, he talks to the ghost of Oscar Wilde. Uh, so that's how I always remember him. Uh,
0: Rufus Sewell. Yes, or that's Sewell.
1: right. Yes. Yeah, he good was such guy. a good bad guy in that. Oh, yeah. He reminds me of Joaquin Phoenix in uh, Gladiator.
0: Oh, yeah. He was also like... The lead guy in Dark City, or one of the lead characters in Dark City. Mm, mm. Glad we stayed on track with this. Oh, you gotta love him in the Holiday. Okay, so I've cried on. You oh, now. the Holiday. Yeah, that's good. I like the Holiday. Oh yeah, I well, oh yeah, I love the Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I really do love that movie. You son of a bitch, always gonna one up me. <laughs> um, that's a sign of you getting old, by the way. Would you like the Holiday? i liked it when i saw it in theaters in college like yeah but you're all i was soul. <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> i was always the kid at like sleepovers it would be like i want to talk to the parents <laughs> i thought you were gonna say i was always the kid at the sleepovers
1: that would say let's watch the holiday
0: <laughs> no no like i'm weird but not that weird <laughs>
1: everyone wanted to watch like anime
0: and action movies and you just wanted to watch Nancy Meyer films now I remember wanting to watch anime at my friend's place and he wanted nothing to do with it and I was really pissed because it was like mm. Goku and Vegeta just had the beam struggle like <laughs> what was going to happen next
1: <laughs> my only exposure to anime was Dragon Ball Z as a kid so I'm,
0: I'm right there with you nice all right so late registration <laughs> yep <laughs> It's feeling like old times. Uh, I think the thing, like, my biggest question mark right now is the skits and mm. the placement of the skits and what will what will make of the skits. Like, is it something where we're going to find that, you know, each skit sections off part of the album? So Wake Up Mr. West, the gold digger, kind of has one kind of continuity to it. Drive hmm. slow through. Bring me down is another kind of section. The same way that we kind of had Act One, Act Two, and Act Three on the College Dropout. Are we going to see something similar here, or yeah. are the skits just kind of randomly placed? Because when you get to the latter portion of the album, like between Skit One and Skit Two, you have two, three, four, five songs. And then between skit two and three, you have Diamonds from Sierra Leone and We Major, and then Hey Mama and Celebration, and then it's just gone.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're purely looking at it like on a narrative structural level, like if we're questioning, like, did Kanye have like a purpose for this? Was it part of the narrative? Like, maybe, maybe not. It could have been more like the skits always strike me as more of like kind of that kind of rudimentary storytelling, like he was doing on the college dropout, which is, it's a kind of an obvious way to break up an album. But at the same time, when I think about the skids, it, it just reminds me of the, all the kinds of stuff Connie still talks about, like kind of like the group think and how you have to like live your life this certain way to be part of this fraternity. And Ooh. if you don't, like you're outside of it, we'll call you out. Like that's a prevalent theme on this album and all of Connie's discography and so even if the skits don't have any sort of like deeper narrative meaning in terms of structure like they seem to play into the kinds of things kanye always seems to talk about
0: yeah yeah they're definitely like relevant and just the idea that like it's broke by broke right and like (laughs) these are broke guys that got together to do broke things (laughs) and live a broke life and at the end they're like kanye you're not broke like get out of here (laughs) like it It's cool because it's just emblematic then in that little way of like, yeah, Kanye has transitioned out from the group that he used to be a part of, which makes me think of graduation in a way. So it seems like that was kind of uh, on his mind in some ways, like being like growing out of the groups that he had been a part of, whether that's like broke fry broke in quotes and what that means to him versus just chicago as we see on uh graduation
1: yeah so yeah i'm excited for all that um again going into this album this always happens like i think i know what the album's about and i think like i can confidently explore it but as what happens every single time like there's always a sample i don't know about (laughs) an interpolation i don't know about Um, Kanye's always evolving and growing and each successive album tells us more and more about his past albums. Like, I think there's just going to be a ton to unpack here.
0: Yeah, very, very much so. And I guess the big thing that we missed too, like it, it was a while into each album before we realized the importance of the sample. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier, just that the samples almost always have some kind of meaning that ties to... What is happening in the song? I would say that, like 99% of the time, from what we've seen, there is a connection between them. So, just the fact that we didn't do that for like half of this album the yeah. first time <laughs> is like I'm excited to go back through because that's still like a part of the album that is is unexplored for us. Yeah.
1: And as we said, like we talked about Heard Him Saying Touch the Sky, and in both of those songs, like they're, there's tons of that shit like there's just so much going on and it, and it goes beyond just like because i know a lot of people scoff at this interpretation we have that the samples relate to the song like a lot of times it's it's almost like obvious to me in the way a song would like literally relate to the exact topic Kanye's talking about <laughs> um, but it, it goes beyond that i think and we've already seen it that like whether there are like multiple samples in a song and you see how those samples play in each other or how an interpolation that kind of uses like twist the sample a little bit. And and you see a narrative building like from the samples, like it goes beyond just like, Oh, the sample is commenting on what I'm talking about to the point where like the sample kind of like builds on it, which is something I think we saw him do on the college dropout with breathe in, breathe out how respiration the song from black star um, calls out bullshit ice rap and kind of uses interpolates that song on a song that is essentially bullshit ice rap. Like that's kind of cool. It, it, it puts like a bit of a twist on what Connie's doing. It makes you uh, second. It makes you really think about the message Connie's trying to send. I have a feeling like that's going to be every song in this album.
0: yeah yeah and like a recent example right when we were going through jesus's king is just water he has a song by yoko ono that talks about like everybody getting together and <laughs> we're all just the same and like we're all like water so we shouldn't be fighting these wars we shouldn't be disagreeing we're all just people and kumbaya and the other like sample that he uses is what was the dude's name oh <laughs> like, good old bruce hack Bruce Hack, who made an album called Electric Lucifer and had given up on, like, humanity and religion and (laughs) was, like, very cynical and has this reputation of just being, like, I want to say a hack, but that's unfair because musically (laughs) he's very praised. But just when it came to his estimation of the world and people, like, not good. So when we talk about, like, oh, there's a chiastic structure on Jesus as king and the front half is Kanye living like not Christ-like and the second half is Kanye having kind of been baptized in a way and living a much more Christ-like life. When you have the midpoint song really capturing that duality through the Yoko Ono sample and then the Bruce Hack sample, eh, you don't just... magical. Yeah, you don't accidentally do that <laughs> consistently throughout your twenty-year career.
1: Yeah, like Kanye doesn't sample a song called "Blow Job" for no reason. Like he's got an end game. Hmm. Which is the, which, which is the Bruce Hack song? Uh.
0: Yeah, yeah, that he sampled. It was called. It was called "Blow Job." I don't want people to get the um, wrong idea. <laughs> but I feel like the I can't even remember at this point what was the, like the one song where like we don't think this sample connects.
1: Um, a lot of times they're just kind of like aesthetic choices, I think. Like he samples Aphex Twin or something like that. So like maybe times like that. But usually Kanye is sampling people he really likes and like actively talks about him liking. Like he ta- he samples Slick Rick and Touch the Sky. We know he loves Slick Rick. He talks always talks about Slick Rick. It was a huge inspiration for him talks about uh, he samples or interpolates. I don't remember oh, samples. Hey young world and no mistakes. Like I-, I think that's just common for Kanye to sample these people. He's really inspired by and because he, he does stuff like that. Like he brings out those ideas that have inspired him from these people. And
0: those ideas come out in his music. Like it's just become like a natural process for him. Yeah. When you mention AFX twins, that's the blame game sample. And yeah, it's it's like non-lyrical. Like there are a few times where like Kanye's just sampling something that, like you said, aesthetic, but it was like instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point, like, there's no way to attribute <laughs> like a connection between the song. Or, like, or
1: when we go back through the album and we learn more about Apex Twin, maybe there's some sort of Bruce
0: Hack connection. You know we could give it a shot and see (laughs) and and, you know i think that's one of the limitations like you might have somebody like uh cole kushner or martin connor that really have like a deep understanding of production and musicianship that could listen to whatever the Aphex twin samples doing and be like oh, this connects to the production on Blame Game in this way, and you can see that there's this Mm -hmm. connection between the G chord and the (laughs) F sharp, where if if it doesn't have lyrics, I can't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know, like, the way we talk about, if you're new to the show, or if you're not new to the show, and you just are annoyed by us, um, I know it, it kind of annoys people that we go that deep, into his songs and like try to make that many connections and i think a lot of people would argue that we're we're trying to make connections and to that i say yeah we are (laughs) (laughs) but i guess because like i guess i don't see that as a bad thing like we're giving connie the benefit of the doubt like we're looking deep and we're not just making up connections like we do see that this song relates to this song we do realize how this song builds on this theme connie's talking about on the song like it's all there and whether or not you choose to recognize it or not doesn't there's so many ways to listen to music and appreciate music and this is just the way we do it And even if we're reaching and we're wrong it's still interesting to look at music this way and to think about Kanye as a storyteller in this way and maybe we're not always right but I think even by by reaching too far you don't always pull back all the right answers but what you do pull back is is something profound and interesting and like we come away every single time with a deeper understanding of Kanye because of it.
0: Yeah. I think one, I will never accept a criticism of like we reached because I think we, we <laughs> ground what we say and like at yeah. least some basis of logic and understand we're not making the case that like late registrations inspired by the Kennedy assassination <laughs> or something like that, where it's just like, what? <laughs> um, But yeah, the more specific that you try to get in an interpretation, there's always the uh, more likely that there's something like wrong about it or missing about it or off the mark, right? Mm -hmm. But the more that we try to drill down and make connections and see things, you're also going to maybe hit upon broader concepts or things in that mid-range that really are coherent and consistent and resonate with people. So even if somebody listens and they're like, well, I don't think that line specifically means that I interpret it this way. I think on the whole of, I do think that the song now is dealing with this thing or looking at this thing is where the breakthrough comes from. And so might not agree with every line analysis, but I think on the whole, you're going to be on board with the, the themes that we uncover and the connections between just like tracks and the larger uh, scope of the project.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to delve in. How about you?
0: Uh, yeah I guess I could go for it.
1: <laughs> well, you have no, to. yeah.
0: This feels. I the college dropout felt really good to yeah. get right, and I'm very excited to do the same for late registration.
1: Hell yeah! And we're gonna start immediately, right? I mean, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're gonna hear these episodes pretty quickly. Um, if you're hearing this on our public feed, we recorded this months earlier. I don't even know how much earlier, but <laughs> uh, we're going to be pu- going through these songs like really quickly and recording these at like a mad clip. So, um, I'm ready to jump right in and get it, get it started.
0: Yeah. Two a week. So Patreon subscribers, you're going to feast. And if you are hearing this on the public feed, then you can go to Patreon probably right now (laughs) and we'll either be in the middle of graduation 808s my beautiful dark fantasy yeezus or the life of pablo so there are five albums to go so unless you're listening to this in the year like 2023 (laughs) like there's new content on the patreon and you should subscribe to it five dollars a month yeah um and i think that's all for today right yeah that that essentially does it i guess to document. What would you say is your, for people that haven't heard the archive or what was it? The The, recap episodes or? Oh, sure. The retrospectives. The retrospective episodes. What was your favorite song like before this or current favorite song in late registration?
1: My absolute favorite song on late registration is Diamonds from Sierra Leone, the remix.
0: Okay. And mine is gold digger. And then that leads to just one last question is which (laughs) song are you most excited to analyze? (laughs) You know what? Legitimately. I'm most excited
1: to analyze the song that I think you and I have long called Kanye's worst song, which is celebration because as we talk more and more about this, um, this move between past and present that keeps happening on the album, celebration is like maybe the only song where Connie is looking to the future and thinking about having kids and, and just thinking about, I guess, Connie today, you know, he is a father now and has a wife and, and leads a different kind of life. I feel like we're going to get some sort of insight into Kanye if that song that we didn't have before. And I think I'll be less harsh on it.
0: I mean, we talked about that song in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, or was it 2019? like
1: yeah it was it, you're right it was a little more recent but I also I don't know I, I, I think I'm gonna come away with a better understanding of the album as a whole here and that I just will hopefully get a different perspective on it
0: either that or I just feel the same way I already do <laughs> so a win-win a win-win yeah uh I'm most excited to talk about crack music
1: yeah that one to me like looking at the album tracklist like that to me is the first song where that sounded different. Like that didn't, I mean, not that all these songs sound like college drop but like there are elements that are similar. I
0: think crack music like, truly sounds like its own thing. I mean, it's just like such a, yeah, drive slow always like weirdly reminds me of uh spaceship. spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> there's just something about crack music that feels like, I don't know all falls down and we don't care and heard him say, but without like the pleasantries Mm -hmm. and that's like pretty fascinating to me just because I feel like it's probably a song Kanye wanted to make on college dropout, but also was like, I don't know, just not in a, that same position so he says like similar things but then when it comes to like this album he's just like nope you know what (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna like criticize all of you yeah
1: yeah that's the other thing I'm really excited about it's just like the attitude Connie has in this album you could see it's like it's kind of laying the seeds for what Graduation would be where he really looks at like the hellish darker less fulfilling aspects of celebrity here he's more just kind of like musing on it and just getting used to it um and because of that he's like i don't know it it's one thing on graduation where like he's kind of telling a, a story through and he's like painting a narrative journey through a character really illustration to me a lot of it's just like him reacting to these things to I be mean, like god this is bullshit
0: yeah like there's i hmm, how do i want to phrase this there's something very like narrative and cinematic about the loss of innocence and lack of illusion and like eyes wide openness mm-hmm. that Kanye has on the albums that follow late registration. There's something very non like manufacturer is not the right word for it, but like just much more, honest to me about the bitterness here because Mm -hmm. it's not bitterness filtered through the cinematic aspects of the album or the the fictional narrative aspects of the album right there's just something here that as you're saying it's much more of just this genuine first reaction like this is really it like (laughs) this is what this nurse is doing this is what our industry is this is like the struggle that I'm having with, yeah. like, buying a chain with these diamonds. like It's almost like journal entries. Yeah, right? Like, versus the actual, like, book that somebody writes where you're just right. like, you know Stephen King, not Stephen King. Like, if you hear Steven Spielberg talk about, like, the Holocaust, it's a different experience to watching Schindler's List and how he filters his right. emotions through... Like the act of making art versus just like how he would speak to a crowd about it.
1: Or if you want to use Stephen King as an example, it's one thing to hear him talk about alcoholism; it's another to read or watch *The Shining*.
0: Yeah, right. Like if he were to tell you stories about what he experienced as an alcoholic and his like time as a as a drug addict, like that's very different from *The Shining*. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So.
1: All right, are you ready to clasp my hand and go on this journey?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: All right, here we go. Beautiful. Oh, why did our hands clasp? We we each clas we clasp both of our hands together. This is weird.
0: Yeah, it was just the echo uh, because it was <gasps> oh, such oh, a oh, tremendous, a oh. tremendous sorry. moment. I,
1: I I again, I'm I'm getting used to being an audio producer. Like I didn't realize there was an
0: echo. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah yeah not me just clapping nope. for no reason nope Mm-mm. not not I <laughs> anyway we'll we'll be back with uh heard him say or wake up Mr. West and heard him say very soon yeah uh, but until then please please stay wavy and if you don't do anything else at least keep it loopy that's right
1: me I tell them raise your glasses your glasses your glasses to the sky this is the last call for alcohol